0: God's word says this, and they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples in a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of God, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent, but he cried out all the more, son of David, Have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he's calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith. Has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. This is the word of the Lord. Looking back to Mark chapter 8, if you'll recall, there was a healing of a blind man about halfway through that chapter in Bethsaida. Jesus healed that blind man, if you'll recall, in two stages. He touched the man's eyes with spit and mud. Uh, The man could see, as you'll recall, but his vision was what? It was blurry. Jesus laid hands once again on the man's eyes, and then he could see everything clearly. That healing is connected to the entirety of this section of Mark's gospel, culminating in the healing of blind Bartimaeus, this passage that we have before us this morning. Throughout the last two chapters, Jesus is revealing and opening the eyes of his followers. Pairing the blind healing in chapter 8 with the one here that we have in chapter 10, we have what we call a big Mark sandwich. We have a Mark sandwich before us. The two pieces of bread are the healings, and the substance of the sandwich is found in the passages we have worked through over the past few months. Just like the blind man in chapter 8, everyone's vision is still blurry to who Jesus truly is and the purpose of his mission. He's dazzled a few of his disciples with his transfiguration. He's shown them the type of people that are called to be his followers, those who are humble, those who would humble themselves like a child and that would come before him. He has declared clearly what must happen to him, that he must suffer and die and resurrect from the dead, and the purpose of his mission as they head towards Jerusalem. He makes one last stop before the steep climb towards his destination. Jesus' encounter with Bartimaeus grants one last lesson in this sandwich before his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Jerusalem. In Bartimaeus, we find valuable lessons on what it means to be a faithful follower of Christ, which brings us to our main idea this morning. Our main idea is this, in proximity to Jesus, the blind beggar, that is Bartimaeus in this story, exhibits bold, persistent, and saving faith. Bartimaeus exhibits bold, persistent, and saving faith. Verse 47, And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have, what, mercy on me. Have mercy on me. I want to set the scene. Uh, Jericho, where this beggar is at, is a desert region. Uh, In fact, it's the oldest inhabited city in the world. Continually inhabited city, Jericho is a low-lying area, sitting some 850 feet below sea level in the Jordan Valley. The Jordan River lies east of Jericho, with Jerusalem, Jesus' ultimate destination, roughly 18 miles to the west, towering some 3,500 feet above Jericho. In 18 miles, what a journey that Jesus has before him. We can imagine it was probably a dry day, as much of the days get little to no rain. There's a clamor as the famed Jesus is in town. The shuffling of sandal clad feet within the streets ring out. The noise of the crowd is deafening those who are following Jesus. Jesus has arrived. His feet stride through the dusty road, the grid of the sand grinding together under the weight of the Son of God. The crushing gravel sounds out the acute hearing of the blind man. Blind Bartimaeus, the dejected blind beggar of the streets, has sharpened hearing. I take this liberty this morning because usually people with... One less sense, right? We have eyes and touch and smell and we can hear. When someone loses a sense such as eyesight, other senses become more acutely aware of things around them. They compensate for the loss. Being blind, Bartimaeus's ears are attuned to the sounds of coming feet. Why? Because he needs to hear people drawing near to him so he can cry out and beg for money. Except these feet sound different. And the crowd following Jesus has a different fervor to their voices. Bartimaeus sitting on the roadside. The crowd is now coming around and passing him, roughly bumping into him as he sits on the road, their knees probably digging into the back of his head, rocking his body with blows. This day is different. This visitor is different. Bartimaeus throat dry from the dusty arid climate musters the energy from his dry mouth and lips and he cries out jesus son of david have mercy on me the crowd following jesus embarrassed by this beggar impeding and begging the famed jesus what do they do be quiet they hush him we can imagine the, the person nearest to him pressing their finger to his lips. Shush! Be quiet! It's like when you're in an airplane and you hear that infant crying and a couple rows back and everybody else is trying to sleep and what does mom do? Put, cup their hand over their mouth lightly. Shh! Be quiet! Be quiet! Except the words are not simply a, a shush. God's word says that it it was a rebuke, a harsh rebuke. Don't bring shame upon us, Bartimaeus. Don't embarrass us. We don't want Jesus to remember our city for the dirty, dusty, blind, shameful beggar, but rather for the rich oasis of water that flowed from this area. Shut up, Bartimaeus. But it's too late. Bartimaeus' ears have heard the sweet sound of the feet of the Savior striding on the dusty road. The blind beggar persists. He will not be silenced. He will not hold back. The crowd, the crowd tells him to stop. They tell him he isn't good enough for Jesus. He isn't clean enough. His life and his begging are an embarrassment. But in proximity to the Savior, he can't be stopped. Jesus has come. Bartimaeus cries out again, going against the rebuke of the crowd, mustering the words from his dry lips one more time, Son of David, have mercy on me! In proximity to Jesus, the blind beggar exhibits bold, persistent, and saving faith. Praying to Jesus, have mercy on me. He will not be stopped. The one that he needs is here. He cries out to Jesus. And God's word says the faith of Bartimaeus makes him well. Upon his healing of Bartimaeus, Jesus will declare these words, Your faith has made you well. The author of Hebrews, just prior to launching into a detailed chapter of the faith of our Old Testament heroes, says this in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Says this of faith, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things what? not seen. Bartimaeus is an example of saving faith and the cost of faith. He cannot see. But when Jesus drew near to his post, he boldly cried out and persisted through the naysayers and trusted that Jesus could heal. And so this morning we examined three aspects of Bartimaeus' faith. Three aspects of Bartimaeus' faith. Number one, call out to Jesus. Call out to Jesus. Verse 48, And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But what? But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. You see, faith is not shy. It doesn't hold back. It calls out to the one who can save. Bartimaeus, though he is blind, recognizes the one who is drawn near to him. He calls Jesus Son of David. We spent most of December studying Isaiah's prophecy of the coming king, the son of David, the Messiah. These prophecies are near to our minds. And in this passage, Bartimaeus recognizes the sound of the one who comes through the line of David, the Savior of the world, the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Bartimaeus does not hesitate. He cries out to the only one who can save him. There's no more time, for the time has come. The Savior is near. Bartimaeus cries out, not once, but twice, under the hush and pressure of the crowd. He persists. Call out to Jesus, church. Call out to Jesus. When I was a child, I was kind of infatuated with survival stories. And so I I can recall reading this book. Again, you guys have to understand, I grew up in Southern California. There's not much snow there. I know we just went back and visited at Christmas time, and we, we got snow, but there's not much snow there, especially in the area that I was living in. At the time, I was probably about 10 years old, and I had actually never touched snow in person before. I had never touched it, never seen it. And so I'm reading this book on how to survive avalanches. And after reading this book on on avalanches, I became terrified of them, even though I had never experienced snow in my life, especially enough snow to cause an avalanche. But needless to say, I'm reading How to Survive an Avalanche, and I'm reading this story, and when the snow comes, it, it says to kind of swim in it, swim to the side of the avalanche like you would be swimming in the sea. But if you get buried, it instructed, don't waste your energy calling out because you're going to run out of energy because that, that cold is sapping your, your energy. Your body, as it, as it freezes, it starts to shut down and so you want to preserve that energy until what? What does the sound of footsteps coming through the snow sound like? Crunch, crunch, until you hear. Then you call out. Even though you may not see, you can hear the footsteps. Bartimaeus hears the steps of the one that can save him. And what does he do? Son of David, have mercy on me. Save me. God always hears the cries of his people. That's what his word promises. And God loves a desperate and lowly heart. What is more lowly than the blind beggar in the dusty street as the crowd comes around and kicks him and hits him with their... They don't even notice him. And then they tell him to be quiet when he calls out. From this point, with nowhere else to go, with no hope, he cries out to Jesus. Reminds me of when the prophet Joel tells us this. Joel 2:32 it says and it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That is good news. Call out to Jesus. In your affliction and pain And persist and call. He doesn't just call once and say, oh, that didn't work. He calls twice. He's being told to be quiet. And he keeps persisting. Church, we need a faith like Bartimaeus. That we would persist in calling out the Lord. We wouldn't give up hope. Constantly crying out, son of David, have mercy on me. The second aspect of Bartimaeus' faith, number two, cast away your weight. Cast away your weight. Verses 49 and 50. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind man saying to him, take heart, get up. He is calling you, and I focus on this right. And throwing off his cloak, I love this. He sprang up and came to Jesus. How the tone of the, of the crowd changes, right? Few things I want to point out before we get into the meat of cast away your weight. Number one, Bartimaeus calls out. What does Jesus do? He stops. Bartimaeus cries out. Jesus stops again. Joel 2.32 Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Number two, Jesus displays his authority and power. He commands the unruly, rebuking crowd, call him. What do they do? Take heart. Come to the Lord. Get up. He's calling you. One other thing, the crowd's tone changes under the command and the influence of Jesus. Instead of telling the man to be quiet, they now encourage him. Take heart, get up, he is calling you. Church, may may we be like the crowd that has been commanded under Jesus, that we would go out to those who are far from Christ and we would say these words, take heart, get up, he is calling you. Come to Jesus. What does Bartimaeus do? He casts away everything that is holding him back. You have to understand, he's a blind beggar. His cloak is likely his only possession. You probably really don't need a cloak in the hot desert heat. So his cloak would be spread out before him. Why? What was his profession? Was to beg. So his cloak would be spread out, hoping as he begged that people would drop food or money in there to help support him. Hoping that it would be filled with enough to get him through another day. What does he do when he encounters Jesus? He takes the cloak and he throws it away. The old life is gone. The only possession he has is gone. Jesus has something better for him. Jesus has something better for him. Cast away your weight, church. Many of us have called out to Jesus, but that's it. We have faith in him, but we're still holding on to something from the past. Maybe you messed up big time. You've brought shame upon yourself and your family. You hear the gospel each week here at this church, but there's a disconnect for you personally. Sure, Jesus saves, but you don't know what I've done. Just can't let that thing go. Cast away your weight. Cast away your weight. The work of Christ has covered your sin and shame. Throw it away. Let it go. Cast away your weight. Maybe you've been sinned against. Maybe you've been abused at the hands of a husband. Maybe your father treated you like garbage. Maybe somebody close to you has hurt you and you're carrying that weight and that shame and you think that you are worthless but Jesus stops and he hears your cry. He values your life. He has made you well. Cast your weight on him. Or maybe the stuff of this world is holding you back. Your possessions your job, your stuff, your politics, it's all getting in the way of your relationship with Jesus. You, you just can't let it go. You can't stop worrying about it. It distracts you from the call that Jesus has placed on your life. Your spiritual well-being comes second because you have to get to work. Or you got to take your kids to a practice, or you have to grab that overtime shift that will cover the debt that you're buried in, or you have to miss church because you're exhausted because you've stayed up all night watching the bad news on CNN and MSNBC and Fox News play over and over and over again. Throw it aside, cast it away. why Jesus told the rich young man within this Mark sandwich he says what? Sell everything, give it to the poor and follow me cast away your weight it wasn't because his stuff was bad it's because his stuff was getting in the way cast it away that which holds you back to crying Out to Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. What's getting in the way of your relationship with Jesus? Cast it away. Cast it away. Peter exhorts us in 1 Peter 5, 6 and 7. He says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. And he says this, Casting all your anxieties on him. Casting all your anxieties on him. Why? This is such good news. Because he cares for you. God cares cares for you. Isn't that amazing? God cares for you. You got to get rid of that which is holding you back. Over the past year, I've taken to running almost every single day. I've talked about this. Last year, 2020, I ran over a thousand miles. I'm proud of myself. (laughs) This year, I have a goal to run 1,300 miles. And one of the things that I learned over the last year is when I first started out, I was, I had a few little, few more LBs around the midsection, you know what I'm saying? And so one thing I, one thing I learned, one thing I used to do is I was, I was kind of embarrassed by my size, so I'd, I'd wear a lot of clothes kind of to cover things up. But when you run with a lot of stuff on, it doesn't work very well, does it? It holds you back. And so I learned that I got the lightest shirt, moisture wicking. That stuff's amazing. Still doesn't work for me, but I'm sure it's great for people that are just regular sweaters. You know what I mean? I got some lighter shorts so that my legs can move faster. My kids actually make fun of me because they're a little too short. What's that's, I can't be weighed down. I got to move. So many of us have stuff in our life that is just weighing us down. It's holding us back. Cast all your anxieties on Him. That sin that you're holding on to in life that you keep revisiting, or maybe that thing that you did in the past that totally derailed your life, cast it away on Jesus. That sin that somebody sinned against you that you're holding on to and you're harboring, cast it on to Jesus. That stuff that you're holding on to, that you're looking at, that news cycle that you're watching, that's stressing you out, day in and day out, cast it on Jesus. Cast away your weight. On him, the third aspect of Bartimaeus' faith. He came behind Jesus. Come behind him. Come behind Jesus. Verses 51 and 52. Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and what? Followed him on the way. He came behind Jesus and he followed him. What an incredible difference from the past few weeks that Brian hit on. The request of James and John. I want to pause there for a second. Brian... We appreciate you. You did an amazing job uh, sharing God's Word with us. You ministered to my heart last week, and I'm going to be quoting your sermon and my sermons for (laughs) the coming weeks. Some good quotes in there. So we appreciate you, Brian, and, and your love for God's Word and sharing that with us. But if you'll recall from that sermon series that Brian did, the Upside Down Kingdom, which focused in Mark on James and John, these were disciples of... Jesus They came to Jesus and Jesus asked them the same question that he asked blind Bartimaeus. He says, What do you want me to do for you? Their answers, summarized in the Keith translation, is give us power and prominence, give us fame and Twitter followers, we want to be known. The same question is asked of Bartimaeus. What do you want me to do for you? What does Bartimaeus say? I want to see. I want to see. Jesus, make me whole. James and John wanted to be exalted, elevated in positions of power. Bartimaeus, just make me normal, Jesus. Jesus. I just want to be as I'm as I was created in your image. I just want to see with my eyes. Just make me for what I was created for. To see you, Jesus, and to have a relationship with you. I want to see. And when Bartimaeus is able to see, the word of God says He is made well. The word used for well here in the original language is much deeper than just the surface healing of his eyes. More than his eyesight has been healed, he can see it all. Jesus has made him well. He has been declared right. He is whole, not only physically, but spiritually. Jesus has transformed this man's life. He has eyes to see the physical, and he has eyes to see Jesus for who he is. Jesus is the Savior of the world. He's the Savior of the world. And how does Bartimaeus respond? Jesus tells him, go your way. Go your way. Bartimaeus responds by coming behind Jesus and following him go your way, he decides to follow Jesus. Why? Because his way is the way that Christ is headed. Every Christian, we have that, that road that we're walking down. It's, are we going to go the way of Christ, or are we going to go our own way? Bartimaeus has a new understanding. His eyes have been opened that those are synonymous. They're one and the same. The way that Bartimaeus is going to go is the way of Christ. That's what he has called you to do, Christian, to follow him. Bartimaeus will literally follow him on the road to his crucifixion. Where is Jesus headed? To Jerusalem. What's going to happen in Jerusalem? They're going to climb 3,500 feet in 18 miles. That's the journey that awaits Jesus and his followers. Bartimaeus is now one of those followers. Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, you must die to yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. What does Bartimaeus do? He follows Jesus up that road to Jerusalem. What an example. What a beautiful example of saving faith. Cry out to Jesus. Cast away your weight. Come behind Jesus and follow him. We conclude with this this morning. I want you to hear this. Jesus hears our cries. He makes us well. And he transforms our lives. Jesus hears our cries, makes us well. And transforms our lives. Christian, Jesus has done this for you. He's done this for you. He's heard your cry He has made you well and He has transformed your life. He did this through the power of His perfect life, death, and resurrection. You see, because what awaits Jesus is death up on that hill. Jesus is going to go up on that hill and He's going to stand trial. And he's going to take upon the sin of the world as he's beaten and bruised and ripped apart and nailed to a cross and his blood is shed as an atoning blood, as a covering blood for the sins of those who will place their faith and trust in him. But that's not the end of the story. So on the third day, Jesus Christ raised from the grave. Feeding sin and death. Victorious. Brian said last week he wasn't a victim, he was a victor. And he invites us to be victors with him. That we don't have to sit in the dust and the muck and the mire. That we can spring up, that we can cast away our weight, that we can come to Jesus and he will give us eyes to see the victory that he has for us. Psalm uh, 145, 18 and 19 says this, The Lord is near to all who call on Him, to all who call on Him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear Him. He also hears their cry, and what? And saves. He saves them. I end with this from the Prince of Preachers, Charles Spurgeon, reading through his sermon on this passage. On August 20th, 1865, he begins with these words, quoting, Wherever Jesus Christ is found, his presence is marvelously mighty. The disciples, when Christ was absent, were sheep without a shepherd. They were foiled in argument and even defeated in attempted miracles. But as soon as our Savior made his appearance among them, they returned to their strength. Spurgeon illustrates this, quoting, he says, When a valiant general suddenly hastens to the rescue of his routed troops, the dash of his horse hooves, the sound of his horse hooves, reassures the trembling, and the sound of his voice transforms, hear this, each coward into a hero. That's what Jesus does for you. Listen for the feet of Jesus. Call out to him. Cast away your weight. And come behind him. Amen.